Discover Epcot. It's unlike any theme park on Earth. In this wondrous place, the fun and imagination of Disney come together with the innovations of the real world. Set off on a world tour that's just steps away. World Showcase. Here, cast members from every corner of the globe welcome you to delight in a festival of sights, sounds, and flavors. <laughs> Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 147 for the week of November 29th, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. A quiet week for Disney news, and while I'm working on a few items for the Walt Disney World rumor mill, I'm going to open up the inbox and answer more of your listener questions this week, including crowd levels, kid-friendly dining locations, ticket promotions and options, the Diamond Horseshoe Saloon, finding characters in the parks, friendship boats, park music, and lots more. Listen for clues to this week's contest, where you can play for a chance to win a WDW Radio prize package. I'll play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. I've always said that I wanted the show to be interactive, and you have all taken up the call as you've been sending me your emails and your questions and your comments and your feedback, and for that, I am so very grateful and so appreciative, and um, I'm also apologetic once again because I'm so far behind in answering them, and I have so many to get to, and uh, so to help sort of keep me on track and to help me move along, get through as many email questions as possible tonight while, of course, probably bringing up food whenever possible, is, of course, my friend and yours, the lovely and talented Ms. Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. So, Becky, welcome back. Well, hello. Great to be back again. And you know me. Anytime we're going to talk about food, I'm, I'm here. I'm all up for it. Ready? <laughs> you know, every time I introduce you, I keep thinking about that line from Toy Story. So, we meet again, Becky Mankin, for the last <laughs> time again. Well, at least it's not going to be a six-hour dinner. I mean, well, that, well, that was fun and all. Um. <laughs> Thank – you know what? I'm so grateful that we didn't try and record that because how could I have edited that down <laughs> to, to some sort of a, a meaningful show segment? I have no idea. 
Oh my gosh, that that really was an incredible meal, though I've got to say. It, it just keeps that good old California grill right at the top of my list. And people are like, six hours? Really? Can you do it? Like, what were you doing there? But we did. I mean, we just sort of spaced out what we were doing. We did space out on <laughs> a couple of occasions. <laughs> but we, you know, we had a cocktail, and then we ordered an appetizer, and then mm-hmm. we ordered you know, a first course and then entree just slowly rather than ordering everything at once. And, and we had a wonderful server. So, and by the way, we haven't even answered a question and you're talking I about know. food. I, aren't you proud of me? I'm not. <laughs> I mean, the listeners are going to revolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we better get to it, huh? We should, because we do have a lot to get to. And I'm going to try and, you know, get through these as quickly, but as thoroughly as possible. And the first question, Becky, comes from John. He says, hey, Lou, I got an iPod touch a few weeks ago. Found your podcast on iTunes and have become a big fan of the show in short order. So, John, thank you. John says, and look, it's a dining question. I was thinking of dining at Le Cellier Steakhouse in Epcot with my wife and three boys, ages five, six, and nine. But I'm not sure if it's appropriate for children of that age. I realize it doesn't specifically cater to children, but is it common to see kids at the restaurant for dinner or is it typically adults? We'll do plenty of fun meals for the kids, but I think my wife and I would really enjoy it. I went back and listened to your show on Le Cellier from earlier this year, but I don't believe this topic was addressed. He does say he will definitely be having the Canadian cheddar cheese soup. (laughs) Yum. Let's answer that question first because he's got a two-parter. So he's asking about kids at Le Cellier. John, Becky, I don't think that this is a problem at all. There's kids in there all the time. It is not technically speaking, a signature or high-end restaurant. Remember, it is still in a theme park, so you will find Mm -hmm. many, many families in there, kids, you know, in strollers, dining there as well. Oh, yeah. I've seen lots of families dine at La Cellier, and they offer a great kids' menu for the kids that are three to nine, so it fits right in that, um, in their their kids' age range there. Lots of options, including, you know, grilled chicken, the pasta, hot dog, grilled steak, that type of thing. Plus, at the end, and this is actually on the adults' menu, but I love it for the kids. They have the little chocolate mousse with the ears. (laughs) I just love. So I I think it's fine to take the kids into, into that restaurant. And John, keep them away from the spicy sausage, but you got to try that with the pretzel bread and the soup. I'm telling you, you could just have appetizers there. Anyway, moving on. He has another question. It has to do with crowd levels at Walt Disney World. Specifically, is there any indication that the significant deals being offered by Disney will result in higher attendance levels than in the past, or will the crowds only reach normal levels with the specials due to the recession? He's been planning this trip for years, And this past summer booked their trip for January 24th through the 31st in an attempt to visit during one of the least busy weeks of the year. Now he's worried that the parks will be packed with people taking advantage of the specials. And he concludes by saying, finally, your interview with Lee Cockrell was outstanding. I mentioned it to my wife. Lo and behold, a copy of his book, Creating Magic, was wrapped under the tree for me on Christmas morning. Great present. Can't say enough good thing about Lee and his book, Creating Magic. But, Becky, crowd levels. So how do you think the discounts that Disney offers, whether it's the buy five, get two, buy four, get three, dining specials, how do they? How have they been? And in the future, how do you think they will affect the crowd levels? 
this is a really interesting question and something that several of us try to analyze all the time because, of course, the problems with the economy have hit all of us and Disney has been experiencing some lower attendance and hotel occupancy levels. And, of course, the offers have been popular and they have very much resulted in boosting those figures. If the fall was a good indication, I think you're going to see um, – what you would normally see is average numbers for most states with some like definitely the weekends and the holidays above average park attendance, especially for January. January is a great time to go as long as you're missing those holidays, which kind of tend to, to boost the numbers and, and crowd up the parks. But where the recession or the economies had initially brought those numbers down, I think the offers have boosted the, the attendance levels. And I think you're going to see normal average numbers and a little bit above average numbers in some cases. You know, on recent trips, I, I pay very close attention to the crowd levels, and I've seen over the past couple of years, these quote-unquote slow times are becoming less and less slow. And mm-hmm. if, as you walk through the park, I, I walk by and I say, you know, what recession? What are we talking about? Because the crowd levels are very good considering, you know, people are still going to Disney. And, I, and we've talked about this in the past. I think right. a big part of the reason why is because if they are going to spend some of their money on a vacation, they know what they're going to get. They understand the type of experience they're going to have. So Disney is a great, safe choice for people to go to. I still think, of course, Becky, there are still the fluctuations. You know, there are certain time of year that are much less crowded than others. He's going to have a much better experience, I think, that week in January as opposed to the week of August 2nd. So. Right, I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. And, and like I said, even a week earlier when you start getting uh, around the holiday, the Martin Luther King uh, birthday, which is right in there as well, um, that or the, the Martin Luther King Day, I'm sorry, um, you're going to experience higher levels during that week. And, of course, if you're up towards New Year's Day, that's going to get you in trouble. So if you just steer clear of those school breaks and those holidays in January, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. Exactly. I wouldn't worry too much that it's it's going to be you know, overly crowded because of, of the promotions Disney's giving. So let's move on to the next. It comes from Corey from New Orleans or Nolans, home of Incredible Gumbro and Princess and the Frog, by the way, which I can't wait to see. <laughs> And, and um, coffee. Yeah, Good and I know coffee. you're going to like this one because he starts off by saying, my questions are for Becky. So I, I know like you love this. So you like Corey already. I like Corey already. Or you've, you've given Corey a free cruise in the past. Anyway, <laughs> Corey says, my family and I go down to Walt Disney World quite often. I like you, Corey, as well. We always want to stay at the Polynesian Resort, but can never justify spending so much money on the room. With Disney running the buy four, get three promotion... We figured this would be a great time to finally make the resort upgrade since Disney will be footing a chunk of the bill. Great way to look at it. Mm-hmm. We want to take full advantage of the promotion by getting 10-day water park fun and more tickets with no expiration. Corey, I like how you roll. We also get the Disney dining plan. By doing this, that makes our trip total about $4,100. We figured out that by using a few park tickets and water park tickets on each future trip, we could wind up saving $550 per trip over the next six Walt Disney World vacations. That would be a total savings. I hope you're writing this down and have your abacus handy. That'll be a total savings of $3,300, not including future inflation. Wow, right? He says. So my two questions are, number one, with the 10-day water park fun and more option, how many water park uses do you get? Is it 10? 
Becky Mankin. Yeah, it is 10. If, if you get a 10-day water park, fun and more, you get 10 total visits on that ticket. And question two. My children are six and seven right now. Over the course of using the tickets, they will both turn 10. Will this affect the integrity of the tickets? This is a good moral barometer for you, Becky Mankin. <laughs> Sorry this email was so long, but I just want to get the facts straight before spending money on our next vacation. And again, Corey, thanks for the email. Well, since you'll be purchasing a child's ticket, if you return and the child is now 10 and up, which is then an adult ticket, technically you're supposed to go to upgrade the ticket to cover the appropriate age before entering the park. That is the correct answer, Becky. Yes. <laughs> I know deep in the back of your mind you're saying, well, if he looks like he's nine. He could... I, I'm not saying that. Right. I'm not going there. La, 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 la. <laughs> Corey, you have to live with yourself. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, if your child is 10, they, they should be on an adult ticket at that point. So, But they can upgrade it. So, in other words, you will still get the value of the other tickets. So, you know, you're going to get something out of those, um, those no-expiration tickets Excellent. in the long run. Good job. Nice job, Corey. A good way to plan and, and use the system wisely. Phew. Not meet. I don't Math. mean using the system with the kid's ticket. I mean with the water park fun and more stuff. Anyway, the next question comes from Karen Drum, who simply says, Lou, do you know when they're taping the Christmas Day Parade this year? Also, are you going to be in the parks at all December 1st through the 4th? I'll take the second part first. Not not planning on being there the 1st through the 4th. I'll be there the week after for the meet of the month, the NFFC show and sale, and the celebrations meet. However... As far as the Christmas Day parade taping is concerned, you, my friend Karen, may very well be in luck. Yeah, because the resources that I'm seeing so far, and I haven't seen this officially, but from my understanding, the taping is scheduled for December 3rd to the 5th. I think they're actually going to do three days this year. Um, But again, I'm not 100% positive. This is just what I've heard so far. Yeah, there's nothing. We can't seem to find anything confirming it from Disney's website. I've heard those same dates as well. Uh, Again, not sure if you want to go there to be part of it or to see it, or if you are trying to avoid those days because it is going to be very, very crowded, especially obviously around Main Street and the Hub because when they do film the parade and they do film these shows, they are filmed in stages. So it's not sort of a one-and-done parade going down the route They stop, they start, they film it a number of times, they do a lot of B-roll, things like that. So you may want to avoid the Magic Kingdom, or at least that section of it on those days, or if you want to try and be that face in the crowd and and wave hi, Mom, the (laughs) 3rd through the 5th may may be the days that you want to get up there. And I believe you can sign up to try... Do you have to sign up to be part of the taping for those days? Yeah, from my understanding, there are some ta- there's some taping uh, pieces that are going to be done before parks are open, and you do have to register for that. Obviously, they do have some sections that you have to have special um, a special ticket to get into, but you can still go into the parks on those days. Obviously, I think, however, for what you can register for, I believe it's probably full at this point. Uh, from one of the resources that I saw, but of course, again, it's it's not official. Yeah, and, and those those tickets do go very, very fast. Um, and it is, again, it's very crowded on those days too. So if you're thinking about going or not going, sort of keep that in mind. 
But again, Becky, we got to move along. So many yeah. to get through. Uh, Jim Cody writes and says, Hey, Lou, when I was a kid, late 70s, early 80s, my mom scheduled lunch at the Diamond Horseshoe Review on several occasions. Now that I'm taking my family, I haven't heard a peep about this place, and it appears to be closed up tight whenever I go by. Lou, what's the scoop? Jim. Well, Jim, I'm going to start off by saying you and I seem to grow up around the same time. My dad was the guy who loved scheduling lunch over at the Diamond Horseshoe Review, and he used to hack Becky. This may be before your time. You actually <laughs> used to have to make reservations to go and eat at the Diamond Horseshoe. Oh, on- no way. Way. Really? Way. Wow. And it was a great sit-down, and it was a show, and, and got my dad just loved going to the Diamond Horseshoe. That was like his thing. But yeah, for many years, it was shuttered. They would reopen it occasionally to do character meet-and-greets. Sometimes during Christmas time, they would have uh, things there. Now, it is open seasonally, uh, and they do have a quick-service lunch and casual dining with sandwiches. I think they have, like, turkey and... Meatball and peanut butter and jelly, things like that for kids. Right. I remember reading that it was only um, open from what was it, early August to early October this year. Was right. that is that correct? I have August sixteenth through October third. Right. Right. It is a fun little place to stop in at. That's for sure. I, I really do enjoy that venue. I just had no idea that you had to take reservations way back when, way yeah, before my time. Of course, you used to make them <laughs> up on Main Street. Uh, at the exposition hall, wow! You used to make reservations there, so uh, and it is a great place, and and it's uh, it's a shame that it's not open more. It's a shame that they don't perform the shows there anymore. Wonderful little details and, and architecture. There's a second level upstairs if you can get up there if that's open to sit and eat. Really, really like the Diamond Horseshoe. Going to have to do a segment about that on the show yeah. one of these days. So I learned something tonight. <laughs> Learn something new every day. So, next question says, Lou, I just had to thank you for the Daily Disney Diary. Thank you so much for constantly spreading the magic to those of us who can't visit the world as often as we would like. Thank you. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Anyway, she says, my husband and I were supposed to be in Disney World this week, but had to cancel our trip for financial reasons. I hate hearing that. Mm, Seeing this video made me a short, let me take a short seven-minute vacation, and for that, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Laura. I'm happy I can bring a little bit to you at home. But she does have a question because she says, We are running away to Disney for a short three days in May to celebrate college graduation. The hubs and myself, she says. Good for you. Good for you. When one door closes, another opens or whatever that saying is. So since we only have one day in the parks, we are planning to visit the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. Magic Kingdom first for extra magic hours. Then Animal Kingdom until close, then back to the Magic Kingdom until they boot us off Main Street. Is this completely crazy? And will we waste so much time in transit that it won't be worth it? We missed Animal Kingdom on our last trip, but feel that a trip won't be complete without a stroll down Main Street. Thanks again for spreading the magic. I'm off to catch up on podcasts. Can you believe the WDW radio show is not on my music history or piano listening list? (laughs) And that comes from Laura Beth Gable. Well, Laura, first, I'm happy you guys are going to be able to make up for the trip that you lost. So Magic Kingdom first for extra magic hours, then Animal Kingdom till close, then back to the Magic Kingdom. Sure. First question, do you have a car? If you don't have a car, I'd scratch it off the list. 
because you have picked the two farthest parks away from each other. And I'm Becky, you're probably shaking your head that you don't agree with me. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> I don't think it's crazy at all. Well, obviously, you're going to spend a little bit of time in, in transit if you do and or don't have a car because at some points you have to park and wait for the little shuttle thingy to come around and get you anyway. But, hey, as long as you have a good pair of shoes and you have some time and that downtime where you can grab you know some snacks as you're riding the bus back and forth, the commando in me thinks it sounds like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> it's totally doable. It's to- yeah. I just don't want to see them be waiting for a bus and be like, it's take, you know, for whatever reason, it's going to take a long time to get back from Animal Kingdom. What I would look at is find out how late are the parks open. Because if the Magic Kingdom is open till midnight, I'd say early breakfast, crack of dawn, head on over to Animal Kingdom, hit the things that you want to hit there, take a little time and explore. If you leave there by noon, one, two o'clock, you now have... X amount of hours left for the Magic Kingdom until they kick you off Main Street. Yep, absolutely. Of course, if they have little ones in tow, that may make it a little bit more of a challenge. But of course, it doesn't sound like that's the situation here. I, I'd say go for it. And you can always, if you go in for early uh, extra magic hours in the morning for Magic Kingdom, if it's open that day that you're there, um, enjoy that. Hop over to Animal Kingdom. Enjoy that. If you're tired, at least you've been able to visit both parks. If you're not tired and you do have some extra time, it's still open late. Hop back to the Magic Kingdom and end your day there. I think it's a wonderful idea. As much magic as you can cram in one day. (laughs) Define magic. (laughs) And listen, this is coming from a guy. I've done all four parks in one day. Yeah, so have I. I think that's why this doesn't scare me so much, because I have as well. And, and, you know, a couple, again, the commando on me says, go for it. I Just so you know, (laughs) I only said it because it's their only one day. They only have one day, and I want to see them get as much park time as opposed to bus time as possible. But, yeah, like you said, if they're open late on the end, there's as much magic as you can cram in one day. Exactly. All right. All right, so moving on. Sarah from Amarillo, Texas says, Lou, I absolutely love the show. It's the next best thing to being at Disney World. That's very nice. Thank you. I have a question about Mulan. On my last trip to Disney in February, it was impossible to find Mulan or any merchandise related to Mulan. I was looking in and around all the parks, including Hollywood Studios and the China Pavilion in Epcot, where I could usually find at least some merchandise on previous visits. She is my favorite Disney character, because she's so independent, unlike most of the Disney princesses. Interesting discussion for another day. Do you know of a good place to find Mulan and or Mulan-related stuff? Is Disney trying to phase out Mulan since it's not one of the more popular movies? Any information you have would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much and keep up the great shows. Sarah. Sarah, obviously the first place I would tell you to go to find Mulan and Mushu, actually, is in China. You'll find it in front of the Reflections of China. You obviously need to check a time's guide to find out when they will be there. But we've actually, on my last trip, took pictures with both um, Milan and Musho right there. Yeah, I have too. I've seen her several times at the China uh, Pavilion as well. She's one of my favorites. And I I love the idea of having another conversation about her her point here. That's a very interesting (laughs) discussion about the debating of the Disney princess. Now, I do believe too that you may also see her and, and Becky, correct. Is she part of the Norway princess character breakfast? 
Oh, dang. I have I didn't even think about that one. I'm not sure, honestly. I, I sure. want to say I that I saw that her up. my last time, but I might not have had my coffee yet. So I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. Well, you know, um, Google can be your friend if I do that fast enough as you hit. I, but while you're doing that, I will tell you that another place that you can't find Mulan herself, but you can find Mushu, is over at the Magic of Disney Animation. Because Mushu and a uh, yes. real Disney animator, they illustrate um, sort of the basics of creating these animated characters. And if you kind of climb aboard your Wayback Machine, unfortunately, Sarah, you missed the old Mulan parade that used to be at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios back in 1998-ish or so till about 2001 when it was replaced by Stars and Motor Cars. So, wow. Yes. And my son would have lost his mind because he just loves loves Mulan. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think that you can. I'm almost sure that you can see Mulan at Norway. But I would double check. I would call before you try and make a character meal reservation. Check if she's going to be there. Yeah, if, if you're looking for a specific character, it's always good to ask what that probability is because, as they say, um, the possible characters for any of these uh, special meals can they vary. They vary. So def- definitely check. Mulan could be on vacation that week, so you never know. Next question comes from Erin in Richmond, British Columbia, Canada, who says, Lou, I will be in Disney World at Christmas this year from the 14th through the 28th. Wow. Any must-do things that happen at Walt Disney World at that time? Erin, oh. uh, that is a show. That wow. question is a show because there is so there are so many must-do things that take place at Walt Disney World during the holidays. I mean, you are going at one of my really one of the most wonderful times of the year. Um, Walt Disney World at Christmas is a completely different experience than any other time of year. Um, I can think of like 12 I can, right off I the know. top of my head. The Christmas Easily. party, resort hopping, you've got to go to the Grand Floridian Gingerbread House. Candlelight Processional, Osborne Lights. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wilderness Lodge, the holiday sleigh rides that they have out there. Um, the, the oh, Illuminations, the extra tag, the holiday tag, the extra fireworks at the end. Yeah. The, Man. Erin, uh, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. We will... Uh, <laughs> I will try and actually do a holiday show, but if you go back, I know that I've done holiday-themed shows about some of these best things to do. I will link those up in the show notes so you can go back and check those out. Yeah, the one that you pointed out, though, Lou, is something I would highly recommend. If you have a day, resort hop to check out all the different decorations and all the different resorts because that is just a fantastic way to spend a day. You can easily spend hours just on the the monorail resort line. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Grand Floridian is gingerbread. Just, go have gingerbread. Go listen to the orchestra and the pianist and go have tea. And oh, listen, Aaron, go have dinner at Victorian Albert's while you're there. <laughs> gingerbread. Yeah. Love gingerbread. the gingerbread. Love okay, it. moving on. <laughs> Next question comes from Jordan Law, who says he is a huge fan of the website. It's brilliant. Nice, Jordan. Nice. Good word. Good use of the thesaurus there. Anyway, I was wondering if you'll be able to answer these three questions for me since since I was endlessly fascinated with the Disney theme parks and you seem to be the expert judging by your – oh, Jordan, you must want something (laughs) judging by your beautiful (laughs) books. Anyway, he says, number one, 
When was the famous Barker bird removed from the enchanted tiki room at the Magic Kingdom? Okay, Great well, question. What's, what's the Barker bird? I'm sorry. See, what's the Barker bird? You've never even been to Disney World, have you? <laughs> many, uh, many years ago, Becky Mankin, outside the, the original Walt Disney's enchanted tiki room, there was a Barker bird. Um, there wasn't sort of the... the uh, Don Rickles' little show out there. There was a bird that sort of called to people as they went by. It was called a Barker bird. It was voiced by Wally Bogue, and he sort of called the people to come in and check out the show. Uh, he was there for ages, till about 1992, when an interesting replacement was brought in. And his name was Artemis. And Artemis had a Caribbean accent. And I won't even try and do my Artemis impression here, he was there until about 97 when the Tropical Serenade closed. Obviously, now we have the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. Not ringing a bell, is it, for you, Becky? <laughs> well, you said he was he was removed in 92? The right? original the original was okay. back in 90, until 92 Got or it. so. Okay. Uh, wow. Don't even say I, that you – go ahead. Uh, I'm going to move on because he's got another question. Uh, <laughs> He says, Lou, whatever happened to Tom Morrow slash Mr. Johnson? Nice job, Jordan. The animatronic that used to be at Mission to Mars after that attraction closed in 1993 in the Magic Kingdom. Becky, flight to the moon, Mission to Mars? Never? No? All right. No. Because my first my first visit to Disney World was in 1997. Hmm. So, um, no, I missed out on that. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to point you to the DSI where we talk about flight to the moon and mission to Mars. Anyway, as for the actual animatronic, no idea, um, no idea. I, I have to assume he might have been repurposed somewhere else, possibly put into another attraction. They do that quite often, um, unless an Imagineer or a construction worker decided to take him home. I doubt that because of how much the animatronics cost. And third, and finally, he says, do you have any information regarding George McGinnis, who designed the Nautilus submarines from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the attraction that closed in 94, in the Magic Kingdom? Actually, Jordan, I do. And in fact, if you go back to episode 27, which is back in like 2007, I interviewed George McGinnis about his work on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Horizons and Space Mountain, uh, and it was Fascinating, some of the insight that he had into his work on those attractions. So definitely go back, check out episode 27. I will link those up in the show notes for you. You never rode 20,000 Leagues, did you? I didn't know. I, I have to move on. Disneyland. Disneyland. On. Uh, Disneyland. Heather just, says, uh, hey, Lou, love the podcast, although she's a couple of weeks behind. So maybe I answered this question. On the April 26th podcast, there was an email from someone who said, he didn't see any references to the Jungle Book or Robin Hood, and I went on to list some places to see characters, etc. Heather's question is, what about, a lot of character questions, The Emperor's New Groove? What's up with that, she says. It was a great movie, I think one of the best written Disney movies. Again, another discussion for another show. <laughs> but there's nothing I can find in the parks referencing it. I can't even find pins. They made some a long time ago. I saw them in a pin catalog, but none are available at the parks as far as I can tell. Any insight you have will be much appreciated. Thanks for the great podcast, Heather. So, Boy, I, I hope you know something here because I certainly don't. 
I do have a little bit of information, but Heather, unfortunately, you're probably not going to like it because, for whatever reason, The Emperor's New Groove may be not as popular as some of the other Disney films, therefore not as prevalent in the theme parks. However, uh, Cusco was actually seen. He, he was the human and llama in the film. He was actually a walk-around character in Walt Disney World as a llama only. Kronk um, might have also been there um, from for a while, but you're going back probably to, to late 2004-ish, somewhere there. Relatively very short-lived character appearances. Uh, Heather, I, I can't imagine that they would bring those out, um, you know, unless there's some sort of maybe special event going on, because I don't think that they have been seen for years. Now, if I'm wrong, and somebody has seen either or both of those somewhere else in the parks, please let me and Heather know, and I'll, I'll definitely mention it on the show. You never I'm, even I'm saw s- the movie, have you? <laughs> I did see the movie. I just had no idea any, where the characters were. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm feeling rather useless when it's coming to that. the last two questions here, so I'm just going to I'm gonna take another swig off my cough syrup here. Well, that's okay, because Sharon Rosenlieb addresses you by name, and she's from oh. the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. She just found the site, and she loves it. And they are going to Epcot, and they booked our trip with, insert plug here, Mouse fan travel. Hi, Becky. Yay! Thank you, Sharon. Sharon has four kids, and the youngest is two. And her question is this. After Illuminations, if we are in Germany or Japan to view the show, do the friendship boats run after Illuminations is over? With the kids, it might be nice to ride the boat instead of walking back around. Thanks for so much. Thanks for the work you do. It's a joy to listen to the show. Sharon. So after Illumination, friendship boats, Becky, yes or no? Uh, no. (laughs) You know, you're not really convincing me or Sharon of that answer. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry about that. Um, I I was trying to remember, as you were reading that, I was trying to remember if I've ever seen them go across at night. And I'm thinking, because of the pyrotechnic barge and the other effects that are in the lagoon, I believe the boats don't run after Illuminations. I believe you are correct. Yes. Yeah, it, it'd be a little dangerous to be around all of that stuff, especially they have it sitting out. And if, if you've ever been there for the for the very end of the night where they do the whole blowout, um, you wouldn't want those friendship boats going past that at that time. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know what I would do is take that nice, slow stroll back across around, uh, back to where you're going to out the entrance and just enjoy the evening and the ambiance and, and the music. Yeah, or Sharon, if you're staying at the boardwalk or the beach club or the swan and the dolphin, you can take the boats from the International Gateway, which do run. And that's a really nice boat ride at the end of the night. That's, you know, one of those things, again, debate for another show, almost like, like the monorail, an attraction because it's such a beautiful boat ride at night. Yeah, I agree. That is a very, very nice boat ride. And it's just the ones that don't run across the lagoon itself. Correct. All right. A couple of quick questions. <laughs> At least they look quick until we start answering them. First one comes from Allison who says, Lou, when do the Christmas decorations go up at the parks? Do they go up in early November as they seem to be doing at the malls now? Or do <laughs> they go up after Thanksgiving? I'd love to take a weekend trip to check out the parks in their holiday best before the large crowds hit the parks Allison, this one is easy. 
because the Halloween decorations come down at like 12.01 a.m. on November 1st and on like 6 a.m. on November 1st or November 2nd, <laughs> it's Christmas in, in yeah. Walt Disney World. Do you want to talk about a magical transformation? That nanosecond between Halloween and Christmas decorations takes place very, very quickly. Yeah, it's incredible how they can turn that over, isn't it? But I think something to her point, I don't know about you, but have you noticed that Christmas seems to be getting closer and closer to July every year? (laughs) I literally (laughs) think the first Halloween party was like the day after Easter. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? But, you know, the first uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party was just a few days ago on the 10th. So um, uh, imagine that it's November. It's hard to believe it's November. Right. But listen, you know, we say that because we also go off and we're like, wow, Christmas in November. But Becky, for the families that that is when they have to go because Mm. Christmas is too crazy. They can't go during the holidays and kids are in school. It is nice that they have the opportunity to see, as we said earlier in the show, one of, if not the very best times of year to go when it is decorated, when it snows on Main Street, when the decorations, it's it's simply spectacular. So in that regard, it is nice that they sort of make that transition very quickly. Oh, yeah, I totally agree because it it's that whole magic of the season that just comes to life. And it's wonderful to be able to ex- experience that. Excellent. Next email is from Chris who says, Hey, Lou, my parents and I will be going to Walt Disney World in November. We're staying at French Quarter. Love it. I stayed. I went three years ago and stayed at Caribbean Beach. I remember hearing about a daily opening ceremony at the Magic Kingdom do they still have this, and is it every day? Thanks, Chris. And Chris, I have good news for you, my friend, because every morning, without fail, they do that Magic Kingdom opening rope drop ceremony. The train comes through, there's music, there's the family of the day. To, it, it's Get there early, and, and because it's something that you should definitely check out. Oh, absolutely. The singers, dancers, the characters, it really is a great way to start your day. And for the best viewing to be up front, it's kind of suggested that you arrive at the at the park 30 minutes prior to opening and the festivities begin about 10 minutes prior to park opening that day. But uh, some people think that if they arrive at the Ticket Transportation Center about 30 minutes early, they'll, they'll be on time. Uh, I would suggest going even a little earlier than that. Yeah, I would as well, especially during the busier times of year. You'll be surprised how many people, as I'm raising my hand, not that you can see it, like to get there as early as possible (laughs) to get a good spot. Um, Because no matter how many times you see it, one of the things I really, really enjoy, one of those overlooked experiences too, because not something that you really find on a park map or on a guide map anywhere. And it really puts a smile on your face. It's just a, a great way to start the day. Definitely. So Jim says, Lou, I have two questions. Two, I actually, Jim says, yeah, I have two questions for you and one for Becky. Who is still uh, lacking a good send-off, Jim says. Uh, Jim, I concur. See. Don't, and don't uh, use, uh, listen, quit using the cold medicine, okay? Because <laughs> I'm still mad at you about the whole wine and cheese at the Disney dream thing. So we're going to move on to Jim's question. First, in episode 119, you and Bananas Foster talked about attraction music. I'm looking for parade music, Spectro Magic in particular, has it been released on a CD, and if so, is it still available? Jim, good news, potentially bad news for you. There is a CD that has all of the tracks uh, from Spectro Magic, all the different float music is, is broken down track by track. Love it. I have it. It's on my iPod. 
It is Walt Disney World exclusive, though, which means that you can only get it in the parks. And I know people are screaming for Disney music on iTunes. It is not available for download. You must get it from the parks. So, Jim, I think really you need to book with Becky and make your way down, if for no other reason than to to pick up your CD. Excellent. You like that? Great point, Lou. Night? I do. (laughs) The question for Becky is about 2010 room rates. I was on the Disney site looking for the room rates for a possible spring 2010 trip to the world, but couldn't find any rates past December. Becky, when do the new rates get released? Jim says, thank you for a great show. Jim, thank you for your question. Absolutely. Jim, great news there. 2010 rates are out now, so check back or call us. Plug. Anyway, historically, Disney releases the rates for the following year, for that next year, in mid-August or so. So, for example, when we're looking for 2011 rates, those will be released in August of 2010. So, typically around that August time period is when they turn over to the next year. Excellent. So, so everybody sort of knows for for future planning. So, next question, Becky. This is a fun one. I think we're going to have fun with this one. It comes from Donald Trippy. He says, Lou... And Becky. <laughs> a few years back, I, I read that. an interesting take on drinking around the world, rite of passage. I don't know if I'd call it a rite oh, of no. passage. but Where is this going? Nine, well, listen, <laughs> nine people each bought a different hat in one of the nine host countries before they started their day. Obviously, nine countries. We're now talking pre-Morocco and Norway, but that's okay. They then spent the day drinking in each country with the person who was wearing the host country's hat buying drinks and then talking about the history of the country. I love the idea. Let's cut out the drinking part because the, the, the discussion about the history by the time you get around is probably going to be nothing but blithering <laughs> nonsense. Um, but you can drink. You can, there's a lot of things you can drink that are non-alcoholic. Each one does – go in the stores. There's lots of great stuff. Try Japan too. Seems obvious. Sorry. To me, that a sombrero from Mexico, but some other countries are a mystery to me. So the question, Becky, is this. What <laughs> ethnic hats can you purchase in each country of World Showcase? Thanks in advance, Don and Tampa. Don, first of okay. all, this is a video segment waiting to happen, just so you know. I've, so I've got this. I've got this for you, Don. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do this for you. I will go around and I will find a traditional hat, but... Let's see, Becky, if you can figure out traditional hats from each country. Let's start. I'm going to really throw you off, and I'm going to go counterclockwise. Let's start in Canada. Let's do this. Let's start in Canada. So think Canada. Think Canada. Canada's easy. Canada's easy. It's the Bob and Doug McKenzie ski cap. (laughs) (laughs) I almost did the Bob and Doug McKenzie, like, you know, do, 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 but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I said the same kind of thing, like a wool ski hat. Oh, good. Moving okay, over to okay. the United Kingdom, forgive me, the first thing that came to mind, and they probably don't sell it there, but I have to go and look now and see, is sort of an English policeman's old sort of yes! keystone cop bobby hat. Yes. <laughs> hey, you, that could double as like um, a schooner. <laughs> Again, this Sorry. is going to be so much better as a visual. Moving over to France, very simple. I, I can see the beret with Becky's name on it. Uh, Morocco, that you can get a Fez, the store actually on, actually inside um, inside the gate and the one on the promenade side, you can get a nice little Fez. What about for Japan? What do you think of when you think of Japan? 
See, I knew I was thinking the Fez from Morocco, and I'm sitting here drawing a blank for Japan. So, see, for J- Japan, I think like a uh, like a straw hat, which actually also I'm going to say for China too. China, yeah, because yeah, they do have the straw hats over there for sale. Um, again, going to go invest. What do you say for America? Baseball cap. That's what I said. <laughs> I said that as well. Okay, Mister Mister Italian Mangello, what Italy? A felt fedora. And that was just like, I'm like, come on, you throw know. it out there. <laughs> a Venetian man. Oh, it's not really a hat. So Italy, okay. you got to wear the one of those little like touristy Italian hat. I'll video Germany. Video. Germany. I'm thinking the fedora like Clark Griswold in European Vacation, with the little feather sticking out. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Where were okay. you going? And I think they do have that in there. Huh? Where were you going with that with that German hat? I'm I'm already like my mind is past Germany and going down to Norway already. So yeah, um, Norway's sorry. an easy. Norway's easy. Viking Viking helmet certainly, and uh, with the braids. And the guy that gets to wear the sombrero, sombrero, and carry it around, roll showcase with him oh. for the rest of the night. So Lou, I, I think you're right. I think that this is definitely we have to go around now and find hats in each of these places. I, I, I think agree. this is a great idea. I agree. All right, moving on. And if somebody, if and first of all, if I insulted any host country, please forgive me. I was completely joking and going off the top of my head. But if you guys have other suggestions or actually own one of those hats, please send in photos. Well, I'll post them. Awesome. Next email says Lou and hope. It, now, depending on how I read his intro, it's Lou and hopefully the wonderful Becky, Becky, or I could read it and Lou and hopefully and Lou and the hopefully wonderful Becky. Our family hey, of five is going to the world <laughs> with a bunch of other people. Get this, 18 in all. We're staying at All-Star Sports and have a total of five rooms. We've registered our youngest to be in another room so we would not need a more expensive larger room. If we ask, will they put his dining credits on our keys to the world, or because he's registered in a friend's room, will we have to put him with them? Ah, good question. And honestly, I believe that the credits belong to the room, to the reservation in the room. They don't belong to the individual. So because he's registered in the friend's room, they would have to come off of their room for whatever you're using for your dining. That sounds good to me. That's all Becky. So, yeah, I'm, so I, I really believe wrong, that that's the case because, because now that I, I, rem, I remember that on, um, on the master keys person, all of the, all the credits go to the one account. So I don't think there's a way to split it off if you're, if you're divided between the two rooms. Sorry. No problem. And um, Becky, once again, we've, we've run long, but I want to answer one more quick question. And this one comes from Michael Bergeron who says – Dear Lou, we're planning to visit Walt Disney World in later this year, and I know that you can visit the different hotels at Disney World, but my son had a good question. Can you swim at the different hotel pools, or do you have to be staying there? By the way, really enjoy the website. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, another little bit of bad news here. As a general rule, you must be a guest at the resort to use the pool at that resort. There's a couple of of gray areas there like yacht and beach share the pool so that of course fits um but i also understand you can hop between riverside and french quarter if you're staying there but other than that you must be staying at the resort to use the pool 
Absolutely. Uh, and the only exception to that, Becky, is if your resort's pool is for some reason under refurbishment, they right. will give you a list of alternate pools that you can use if you are right. staying there. Correct. So uh, that's going to do it, Becky, for, for this week's email segment. Again, we have so many more to get to, but we tend to, to ramble and answer these short <laughs> questions way too long. I want to thank you as always. It really is a pleasure, even when you're being referred to by name and still not taking me to wine and cheese parties. However, for all of your vacation planning needs, you know that my only recommended and preferred and really favorite travel Aww. agency is MEI and Mouse Van Travel because her Be- Becky and her team of agents can handle any of your requests for Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, and of course, Becky, Disney Cruise Line, dare I say, February 27th, Cruise on the Disney Dream with WDW Radio. Uh, So, so, so excited about the date and the amount of people that are going. This is incredible. It's been very, very, very popular. And I, when is 2011? Why isn't it here yet? That's the only complaint I'm getting is that, okay, I'm booked, I'm ready, I've got my Let's beach go. towel, uh, 2011. How exciting. So we're just going to have to think of things between now and then to keep everybody just jazzed about this. And when we start we, – we can't start talking about what we're going to do yet, can we? No, we can't. <sighs> we can't. We, we're already – we're plotting. We're, we are plotting, you and I. I. Know. It's going to be hard to keep our mouth shut. <laughs> speak for yourself. Uh, so <laughs> – Becky, thank you again. I will see you. Um, I will see you at, at California Grill uh, again for what six point five hours this time. I, I take it we can right? break that record. We could break that to three three appetizers. And going back, by the way, to an earlier question, still pretty weak on the sign off. Just I'm just saying. You know, all right. If if you're dreaming about a cruise in 2011, I can book it. I, I will so hope that I faded out <laughs> the, you know, the audio by now. It's time for another Walt Disney World trivia contest, and it's been way too long since I've had one on the show. I love testing your knowledge of Walt Disney World, making you research or think, most of all, just having fun, maybe helping you learn. Haven't had one in a couple of weeks, but this time I want to do something a little bit different once again. In the past, I normally would give you five random Walt Disney World trivia questions. Sometimes we've tried... Where in the world have you heard this? A name that Disney World tune. This week, we're going to do something kind of similar, a little bit different. And this week, it's Walt Disney World, What's My Line? Because I'm going to give you five lines from Walt Disney World attractions, shows, or songs and ask you to give me what line comes next. I don't want the whole song or the whole script or... The entire remainder of the song or script, it can just be the end of the line, the next line. You'll get the idea based on what the clues are. And then all you have to do, tell me where it came from and what the next line is. Sounds simple? It is. So everybody ready? Here we go. Number one. My woman ain't pretty. Line number two. Listen, the command considers us a bunch of losers. Number three, man has a dream and that's the start. Number four, 
right at the start of everything that's new. And number five, nothing is rehearsed. There is no script. We don't know what will happen, but we do know one thing. That's it. There's your five questions. Think hard. Start singing it out. Whatever it takes. Do your research if necessary. And once you have your answers, you can email me the next line and the attraction or show or song that it came from to lou at wdwradio.com. You have until Saturday, December 12th. I'm going to give you two weeks to enter on this one or research if it need be. So what are you going to win? Well, first, you're going to win all three Audio Guide to Walt Disney World CDs. And you'll also get a choice of the very rare WDW Radio embroidered baseball hat or the mystery prize. And why is it a mystery? Because I don't know what it is yet. But I promise you it'll be cool so you can win all three guides and the hat or all three guides and the mystery prize. Be sure and let me know when you submit your answers via email which of the prizes you want. If you want to submit your uh, address as well in case you are the randomly selected winner from all the correct entries, I'll get those prize out to you right away. Again, you have until 11.59 p.m. on Saturday, December 12th. That's two weeks to enter. Good luck, and of course, have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for tuning in and sending in your listener questions this week. Thanks also to Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel for joining me to go through and answer as many as we could on this episode. I promise I'll get to more of your questions very, very soon. Mouse Fan Travel is my recommended and preferred travel provider. So to get a no-obligation quote for your next Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney Vacation, you can visit mousefantravel.com. Speaking of the Disney Cruise, don't forget about the WDW Radio Cruise aboard the all-new Disney Dream on February 27th, 2011. For more information, you can go and visit wdwradiocruise.com. We have a lot of people already on board joining us, and some categories have already sold out. So if you are thinking about joining us, definitely Go by, get your quote, and remember, you can deposit on the ship. You have until about 120 days out from the sailing date, which gives you about a year to get a full refund if you decide that you just can't make it. Hope you can join us again. That site is www.radiocruise.com. Also, do you want to be part of the WDW Radio team? I am still looking for volunteers. That Remember, you don't have to be an Orlando local for most of them. I'll put a link in the show notes to a form on the site that you can fill out and submit your information if you want to volunteer and be part of the team. Lots of different opportunities available there for you. Our next meet of the month is going to be in Walt Disney World. It is going to be Friday, December 11th. Again, I don't have the exact time and location yet. I am working on something that I'm trying to do that day and don't have it confirmed as yet. Definitely stay tuned to the website, the show next week, as well as Facebook and Twitter for exactly when and where that meet is going to be. Also, on Saturday, December 12th, I'm going to be exhibiting at the NFFC Disneyana Enthusiast Show, the all-Disneyana show and sale, which is going to be on property over at the Regal Sun Resort. I'm going to be there. Tim Foster's going to be there. There's going to be other authors and podcasters as well. 
If you are into uh, vintage and collecting Disney merchandise, you got to come by. Doors open at 10 a.m. The show concludes at 4 p.m. Free parking and admission is just $5. For more information, you can go and visit nffc.org. Speaking of Tim Bananas Foster and Celebrations Magazine, we have our very first meet in Walt Disney World on Sunday, December 13th. That's going to be at 2 p.m. in France by the Garden. Again, no need to RSVP or let us know that you're coming for either of these events, but definitely come by the forums or Facebook where you can follow along Celebrations Magazine over on Twitter as well. Speaking of Twitter, if you aren't following me on Twitter, head on over to twitter.com slash Lumangelo. You can get a free account there. Follow my instant updates throughout the day. Play games. I post photos, stuff from the parks. A lot of fun. Again, that's twitter.com slash Lumangelo. And if you're on Twitter and you like the show, please help me out. Tweet out the fact that you're listening to the show. Recommend it to others. And be sure to link to wdwradio.com in your tweets. If you're on Facebook, come by, friend me up there, and join the WDW Radio Show fan page as well. Links to all these are right on the homepage and in the sidebar over at wdwradio.com. Don't forget, if you have any questions that you want answered on the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the toll-free voicemail line at 888-703-2171. Stay tuned for the next WDW Radio Live real-time video broadcast and chat where you can come by. I'll be broadcasting live. Could be from the studio. Could be from who knows where. You can come into the chat room, ask questions, talk to me and other listeners as well. Again, I'll post links to when that's going to be via Facebook, Twitter, and the forums. Also wanted to let you know that I just reduced the price of my audio guides to Walt Disney World for the holiday season. The downloads are now just $5.99 each. CDs are $7.99. But if you buy all three, you'll save even more. Downloads are just $15.99 for the three-pack, $17.99 for the three CDs. Also, you can get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, also on sale as well. Just follow the shop link on the top right-hand column of www.radio.com. Celebrations Magazine, if you are a subscriber, Issue 8 is on the way. And we're happy to announce that issue two has been reprinted. So if you're trying to be trying to uh, complete your entire collection, you can go to celebrationspress.com and order the reprint of issue two exactly the same as the initial printing. So if you missed out, don't worry. You can get issue two and stay tuned for announcement about reprints of other issues as well. Don't forget, we want you to be a part of the magazine as well. So we're looking for contributors. If you have an article, a letter, photos, suggestions, anything at all, or if you want to help contribute your time and talents, we're also looking for help in a number of areas as well. You can follow the email link over at celebrationspress.com or email me directly at lou at wdwradio.com. Thanks as always to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel, All-Star Vacation Homes with more than 150 homes within five miles of Walt Disney World. I stayed there on my last trip with my extended family, had a great time, and also, if you're thinking about buying or selling DVC through resale, go visit Chantel and her team over at dvcbyresale.com. This week, I want to leave you with a question, and I want to invite you to call into the voicemail at 888-703-2171 and answer it, because I thought with the holidays coming up 
and actually they've been in full swing for the past couple of weeks at Walt Disney World. What's your favorite thing to do in Walt Disney World during the holiday season? Finally, my friends, as always, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review the show over in iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook. Come join the WDW Radio Show forums. And of course, thank you as always for all of your support and for listening each week and taking the time to tune in. It means so very much to me. I'm so very grateful. Thank you so, so much. So until next time, remember, follow your dreams and keep moving forward always. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, hello, it's Josh, and I am calling from, well, I'm not actually calling from Michigan. I'm calling from uh, the Disney store in Chicago, Illinois, and it's, uh, it's looking pretty good. There's, um, there's a lot of cool-looking things here. Scenery is very nice, a lot of Disney characters, and it's really cool. So um, it was my birthday last Sunday, so we decided that we'd uh, go ahead and come to Chicago, so I, it's pretty cool. So um, I hope everybody's having a good week. And uh, remember, we can dream it. We can do it. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Kevin from Denver. Polly Beach Sunset on the boards. Uh, just wanted to say here it's Thanksgiving night, a very freezing Denver evening, and wanted just to say that we're thankful for you and your show and for everything you do for us. Thanks a lot, and happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to close out this week's show with a song from the bad poet who says, Music makes the world go round, so here's a song of Disney sounds. Put on your favorite Mickey pajamas. It's time to listen to Disney-rama. A teen named Adam made this creation, so listen closely, Disney Nation. Nine sounds from the world that we love most, and one from a mountain that's on the West Coast. Oh, and one from a movie with a genie host. Enjoy the ride. The Bad Poet.
you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, show's over. Get out of here, you little numbskulls. I love you. Thank you for coming today. Get out!